Hey everybody, this is Mark, and thank you. This is episode 24 of the Hard Rock Core Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and giving it a listen. This Friday, August 21st, many new releases coming out, including Canada's own Unleash the Archers, who are putting out their next album, Abyss, the next in their continued storyline, and they're also doing a live stream event on Saturday, August 22nd as a release party. There's often talk about female-fronted, and I'll put that in quotations, not being a genre. And I agree, it's not. Just because there's a female vocalist doesn't make it a genre. Yet there are many female-fronted bands putting out incredible music this year. Great albums from Lucifer, Beyond the Black, Black Rose Maze, Her Chariot Awaits, Smackbound, Blues Pills, Burning Witches, the list goes on. In this episode of the Hard Rock Core Podcast, I'm speaking with frontwoman Brittany Slays from Unleash the Archers, and it was a great talk. There's great growth in this album, and learning how they approach their songwriting after creating the storyline was quite an interesting exchange. And I also learned about how the grants from the Canadian government actually work when it comes to bands and that they have to hit certain metrics to get those. And we also learned what's next for the band when it comes to touring in 2021 and festivals. You can always find the podcast where you're listening to it right now. It's also available on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor.fm, as well as on YouTube. You can always message me through anchor.fm by clicking message on the main page. And you can always follow me online at hardrockcore.net where you can find links to connect with me through Instagram, Twitter, the Spotify playlist, the YouTube channel, and of course, all of the podcast information. If you like what you hear, please like, follow, and share it with your family and friends. Thanks for listening to episode 24 of the Hard Rock Core podcast. And now, on to the interview with Brittany Slays of Unleash the Archers. Hello. Brittany Hayes, how are you? Good, how are you? I am wonderful. Whereabouts are you today? Vancouver, Canada. And, and how are things in Vancouver? Doing pretty well. I mean, all things considered, <laughs> pretty I, uh, pretty crazy all over the place. I think. I hear I hear you all have it a little bit better under control than we do down here in the states. I'm in Northern California. Yeah, yeah, we do. <laughs> um, we uh, we I mean, shutting our borders pretty quick really helped everything. So we actually managed to keep a pretty good lid on it here in Western Canada. I mean, the East has a bit of an issue still. But um, they're they're they made masks mandatory a, a couple weeks ago, and they're really cracking down on it now as well. So it's uh, it's getting better. Yeah. Are people following suit, or are they kind of resistant to it up there? No, I, I mean there's been a few dummies, but um, nothing. Yeah, everyone in in Vancouver where I live is pretty much just wearing a mask even though we don't have to. So it's just kind of, yeah. It's got to make you feel a little, a little bit better that people do it without being mandated to do it. 
Yeah, it's just kind of like a consideration thing, right? You got to think about how many people around you, you don't know what they're, what they're, you know, what's going on with them. And if they are, you know, particularly at risk or anything like that. And you don't know if you have it. It's impossible to tell in, in a lot of cases. Some people get it and they never have a single symptom. So it, you, you can't be that person that's just wandering around spreading the disease to all these poor people that think that they're, you know, protecting themselves. Well, I think the, the best analogy I ever saw was somebody said, treat it like a, a piece of gum or a breath mint. You know, don't necessarily do it for yourself, do it for others. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a good one. I like it. I, I think I saw D. Snyder said something like that, and I was like, that's actually a good one. I like that one. Yeah, he probably would. Hey, he's so smart. But let's talk Unleash the Archers now. So y'all have an album coming up in three weeks, ready to release. Yeah. And we're very excited. (laughs) Has there been a delay or was this always the release date going to be August 21st? No, there was a delay. Yeah. Um, Only about a month, so ish. I mean, we originally pushed it back because there were some manufacturing issues. None of the pressing plants were open or anything like that, and Napalm wasn't sure what was going on. So they basically pushed it back a month and then said, okay, we'll take a look at it and see what happens. And then after the lockdown and everything in Europe, everything opened back up again, and um, CDs started getting pressed and vinyl and all that. So then they said, okay, yeah, we're good with this date, and, and we left it at that, but... Originally, I w- we were scared for a minute there <laughs> that it might be pushed back on and on and on. And when did you, when was the album done? When were you guys finished with your, your mixing, your mastering, and ready to go to print? When was it finished? Uh, basically, like, right before we went on tour in, in March. Like, I think we got the, the final mix just before that. And... Um, <clears throat> we were doing the artwork during the tour. So, I mean, it wasn't quite ready to print, but I think it was like, yeah, as soon as we, probably like mid-March, I guess everything was ready to rock. Yeah. And when you guys were writing and recording this, what was the vibe like and how did you approach this album? Did you do anything differently or did you just proceed as normal? Well, we um, we did it the same way that we did Apex because they are, um, you know, uh, Abyss is a sequel to Apex. So when we were writing um, Apex, I, ha- I had already written the story for Abyss. And what I did is I broke the, the songs out into, like, chapters and did a sort of track-by-track guideline. And... Um, so each chapter would describe what was going on in the story and how I wanted the listener to feel and what the song should sound like. And, and then the boys used that to write their riffs. And so that was, you know, we did the exact same thing for Abyss as we did for Apex. And then we recorded in January at Hanson Studios in Denmark. And we, we, we knew we wanted to, to, to go away to record because, if we had just done all the tracking here, it would have taken forever. We all would have been working our day jobs and that kind of thing and trying to just squeeze them in here and there. So it was much better to get out there. And we lived in a little house in the 
Danish countryside for a while. Actually, it was right by the beach, which was really nice. And um, it was really chill. It was, I mean, you know, you have only a certain amount of time, and time is money when you're in the studio. So there were, of course, moments of stress that you weren't going to get it done. But um, for the most part, it was it was an awesome experience. And we recorded there uh, last in 2016, the last record as well. So um, we knew what we were expecting, and and it was it was a really great time. Jacob's a great guy. He's super easy to work with. Are you a fan of, of going into the studio, being the vocalist? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, it's a lot of, there's a lot of pressure in there. And what's annoying is that you, you practice it and you jam it and you write it out and, and you, you, know, you think you've got a handle on it and then you go in there to record it and you just, I don't know, your brain gives you an issue or is kind of just you know you hype yourself out a little bit and you just can't get this one part done the way you like and it's just frustrating um and i way way much rather prefer playing live than i do um and being in a studio and i think you and i are on opposite ends of the spectrum you being a singer myself mainly being a drummer you know we go in and you know whether you track as a group or, or you do separates once the drums are done it's done and then you wait for everybody else the guitarist to flub their solos and everything else over and over again. And the singer goes in, you know, so drummers first and you're kind of last, or do you guys track everything together? How does that work? No. Yeah. I'm last. Um, yeah, I get to sit there and twiddle my thumbs and <laughs> no, I was definitely still writing lyrics right up to the last minute, but, um, uh, yeah, it's, it would be nice to be a drummer. Cause then it's, it's a lot of pressure too. Cause you're the first one in there. And if you have ideas and people are like, Whoa, 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 but you're not going to do it like that or everyone's there. Everyone's got their opinions. So it's kind of annoying, but it's also then, yeah, you're done and you're done and you get to hang out in Denmark for three weeks or whatever with nothing to do. So, um, yeah, it's definitely, uh, I mean, but it's nice to, that I get to kind of hear it all come together and then put my little mark down on it. Well, listening, listening to Abyss, and it, it's a full sound, and you, you all cover a lot of ground, and it's very dynamic. There's, there's, I think your melodies you've constructed this time are, are leaps and bounds about what, what you've done in the past and some of the formats and some of the symphonic elements to it. Was, there, was that a conscious thing, or do you guys feel it just kind of naturally flowed from its predecessor? Uh, well, we, we purposely took some time off after the other record and um, wanted it to be different. I mean, we, we wrote this one on seven strings, and we also, so it's in like a different tuning, and we also added synth to all of the tracks to give it another kind of level, another layer. And, um, yeah, we like we really focused on every song and made sure that it had something special and a catchy chorus and um, that it was super melodic and um, yeah, we, we wanted it to be different for sure and did our best to do that, but also stay true to the sound that we have created and the sound that, you know, the reason why people listen to us. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are really big fans of our last record apex. And so we didn't want to, you know, completely <laughs> come out of left field with anything, but uh, we were, we, and we've got all new influence as well, musically. So I think that came through as well. 
And when you, you can reflect on it now, because you've had time from the writing process, recording and sitting on it for a while now, when you go back and listen to it, are there any songs or moments that you go, that's what I've always wanted to do or something that just really stands out as a high point for you? Uh, not really. It's kind of hard to see it objectively like that. Um, I mean, there's parts where I'm like, oh, yeah, I really nailed that or whatever, you know, or, oh, that's exactly like I wanted it to sound. But it's not like I'm, I I never have listened to it and said, like, oh, that's a, a hit single or anything like that. You know, it's just kind of like I'm, I'm proud of what we did. And I think that that we accomplished what we set out to do. And I just really hope that other people enjoy it um, as much as we enjoyed creating it. I've definitely enjoyed it. it. It's and my music tastes are all over. A lot of times people say I prefer this genre or I strictly listen to this, but I'll go to the extreme of extremes to the most mellow of mellow. So my tastes are everywhere, but this definitely uh, captivates me. And I listen to it just the, the intro itself, uh, the, the, the lyrical content, the dynamics of it, how it flows together. It seems like you guys also put a lot of time into Kind of the track list, and I guess that kind of goes with the storyline as well. Is that correct? Yes, yeah. We um we wrote the story first, and then used that to kind of inspire everything else. So every song is written very much to fit exactly where it's sitting in the track listing right now. It couldn't be any other way. Now to switch gears a little bit, and and with the, you being a a Canadian band. Now, if I'm not mistaken, there's certain, I don't want to call it rules or, or laws or something, but when it comes to Canadian television and radio and things like that, there's a certain percentage that has to be Canadian artists. Is that correct? Yep. There, it's um, called CanCon, and it's like a, I don't know what the exact percentage is. I don't think it's 50, but I, it, might, it might be. I don't know. And it's, yeah, basically every radio station has to play um, a certain amount of Canadian music, and they do. <laughs> Pretty awesome. And do you find that benefits Unleash the Archers? Does that help you guys as well, knowing that you, you get, you, you're you more apt to get the spins than you would elsewhere? Uh, I mean, not, not, not necessarily. It's mostly kind of like, you know, they play Brian Adams, Celine Dion, Justin Bieber, and whatever that chick's name is that new girl and uh, they get they pretty much get it uh, <clears throat> get it covered but um yeah i mean we got played on cbc radio you know we still get spins there because i think that they're trying to support local artists more than anything so and yeah college radio for sure we get uh, we get plays on there because of that i think Big time. And they, you know, they, they play mostly Canadian music is, is what I found, actually. So I think that's really cool. Just kind of like a little bit of national pride kind of thing going on, I think. Which is cool. And I, I was trying to ask somebody else before, and they weren't sure. I, I've heard this before, and I don't know if it's true. Does the government give grants to musicians to be bands and to help facilitate the career? Does that? happen in Canada? Yep. We have lots of music programs. Some provinces are better than others. Like Alberta has a whole bunch of 
grants and things that you can apply for. And um, BC just came up with a, a program called Creative BC, and it helps a lot of different aspects of the music industry. So whether or not you're a, a musician or you're an audio engineer or you're a music video director or, you know, anything like that, a manager, that kind of thing, they, um, they have new grants for all aspects of it, which is pretty cool. And uh, then, yeah, Canada-wide, we have what's called Factor, and it's, I think it's almost wholly uh, funded by the government, but I'm not too sure. And what you have to do is, is pretty intense. You've got to give them as much information as possible, and then you've got to kind of get to a certain level before they'll start giving you grants. But it's just kind of like this really neat way of um, keeping track of local artists and musicians and then giving them money when they need it. And here we are with, you know, the hashtag save our stages here. That's, I know it's global, but even more in America where we anticipate not a lot of the venues will last through this, uh, you know, the pandemic and everything like that. And obviously bands are finding it more tough to exist as well. It's great to see it that the government there will help support the arts, especially when you get to that level and they can, give you those grants and that money to help facilitate your career. That's got to feel really good. Yeah. I mean, you gotta be, you know, you gotta be good at it. I know when we first started, we applied for a grant and we're just like, uh, no, <laughs> it's because you gotta kind of, you gotta show that you're going to work hard first. It's not just let's make a band and get a grant. It's like, you gotta show you have a touring history and that you've played a lot of shows and that, you've put a lot of money into your merchandise and you know, that kind of thing. So it's not just like a, a right off the bat kind of thing. You gotta, you gotta do the legwork first, which is totally understandable. Um, but uh, yeah, it's also kind of like a, a, a motivator to, to get all that, you know, to do all that. I mean, it's a different day and age, but I remember being younger and playing in bands and we would hand out flyers, go to the, the venues, whether it's in LA or wherever, and we'd stand outside the Troubadour or Roxy and you hand out the flyers to try to get people to come out. And that, that day is gone, but you had to really work hard to get there and build your audience. And it sounds like the government, once you get to that level, them supporting you, it kind of gives you a little bit more, uh, I, I think, energy that, hey, we can hit this level we can actually get support to help take us to that next level as well, which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, we were grumpy about it at the, at the beginning when it was like, Oh, so you get money to make a cool music video when you already have like 50 cool music videos. It's like, that's not fair, but it's also like, they're not just going to hand out money to a bunch of bums sitting on the couch that say they're in a band. Like you got to prove it. So yeah, I totally, you know, I totally get it now. That totally makes sense. So mm -hmm. as we gear up towards release here in, in the next month, what's on the agenda? What does the latter part of this year look like? And then 2021 look like for y'all? <laughs> well, this year's going to be interesting. Normally you'd put an album out and have a big CD release show or album release show, and then you'd hit the road on tour and, and you try and play as many countries as possible. But um, yeah, we're not going to be able to do that. So we'll probably do like a, streaming album release show I think and then uh, sit on the couch for a few months <laughs> play some video games and then hopefully in 2021 everything is get you know getting sorted and getting back to normal and um, we can 
we've got dates booked. We're, we're in the middle of booking everything right now. It's all, it's all happening, but uh, I'm, we haven't announced anything yet. And we're just kind of waiting to see how things go, how things turn out because um, you, you never know. There could be the second wave. There could be something, you know, Europe could go back into lockdown or um, it, it could just keep getting worse down, you know, in the States, who knows? So, uh, but we're, we're being prepared. We're making sure that we're prepared for if it's okay, um, that, you know, we're ready to rock. So we've got dates in Europe and North America already on the go. And as well, we have dates in Australia and South America on the go. And we're hoping to also, um, get some dates in maybe Japan and China if we can. Yeah. So if, if everything does work out, we'll be really busy next year. We'll also, we've also pushed all of the festivals that we were on for this year to 2021. So it's going to be a busy summer. <laughs> well, that's awesome to hear. And, and as you know, we don't, we have festivals here in America, but they're not like the festivals in Europe. Cause that's a culture, not a popularity. Mm-hmm. That's a culture. What's it like going over there and playing those huge, you know, whether it's Hellfest or Vakken or, uh, damnation, all those festivals. What's it like over there for you? It's awesome. I mean, it's just the whole infrastructure for music over there is different. The way they treat it is different. It's just as important to their culture as anything else. As opposed to here where I feel like we're so much in the underground and you, know, you got to fight for every scrap. And Europe is just, you know, a lot of that's how people make their living. That's, I don't know. It's, it's super weird. It's just kind of like more embraced over there for some reason. I don't really know how to explain it, but um, it's awesome. Yeah, it's great. I think they're more passionate is what it is about the music over when they lock into a band, they lock into you and they celebrate you and they purchase everything and they sing along with every lyric. And that's the thing. I always look at the festivals in South America or Europe is those festivals. Every single person in the crowd is, they're mimicking the the lyrics or the melodies. They're singing along. They're jumping. The hands are in the air. They're a lot more interactive than they are here. Well, a lot of those people at those festivals are North Americans. They they fly over because we don't have anything like that here. So I think people here are just as passionate and just as excited and just as supportive. It's just they just don't have the outlet, the same outlet. So they want to get that experience. You have to go to Europe. It's unfortunate, but um, I have so many Canadian and American friends that are constantly going to festivals over there because they're just not the same here. It's true. Have, have you done festivals here stateside? Uh, we did one, but it was like a smaller one. And so none of the big guys, no. Gotcha. Well, well hopefully 2021 or 2022. Then you can compare the two, I guess. Yeah, maybe that'd be cool. Awesome. Well, I, I thank you for your time today. Thank you for your insight and, and best of luck to you and the band as we lead up to the release on August 21st. And any, any closing words for the fans out there? Just thanks for listening and thanks for your support and uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and Twitch. We're, we're on Twitch and uh, bands in town as well is a really great app for tour dates. So we're going to announce everything on there. And when we're coming near you, it'll send you a notification. And yeah, just thank you. Awesome. Thanks for your time, Brittany. I appreciate it. And best to you guys uh, through the rest of the year and next year as well. 
Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Have a good day. You too. And that was my conversation with Brittany Hayes, vocalist for the band Unleash the Archers, who is putting out their album Abyss on August 21st on Napalm Records. If you made it this far, thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in. And if you find it in your heart, please like, follow, and share the Hard Rock Core podcast. You can find me online at hardrockcore.net, which has links to all of my socials, including Instagram, Twitter, the Spotify playlist, the YouTube channel, and obviously the podcast information. Stay safe. Stay true. Tell your family and friends you love them. Give them a hug. And have an awesome day.